This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and today we have Jackie Peso on the show, and I could not be more excited. Jackie is one of my all-time favorite guests. Every time she comes on, I, I really, really enjoy the conversation, and today was no different. We talk about the new film that is coming out with her, Raina, um, her husband, Cody Townsend, Elise Sogstead, all about their kids being professional athletes and skiing with little ones. Um, it's called Here, Hold My Kid. It'll be out sometime, ideally in October. Um, the trailer is live online now, so make sure you go and check that thing out. I am I'm thrilled. It's like the movie I'm most excited to see. So I talked to Jackie about that, talked to her about where her career's at right now, where she wants to take it from here, um, and as well as what it's like traveling with a one-year-old. It's uh, props. I mean, all the props in the world. It's a super difficult thing to do, and I cannot imagine doing it as often as Jackie does it. Um, it's it's awesome. This is a great conversation for anybody anybody at all, but it's also really good if you are a mom and trying to figure out how to make your schedule work along with having a little one. I mean, for Jackie, like her career didn't stop just because she had a little kid. Like, and that's, I think that's awesome. Before we jump into that episode, we have a couple quick sponsors for today, including a new one in Velocio. Velocio just released their brand new mountain bike line and I, I'm psyched on it. Velocio already made in my opinion, the best road gravel kits that exist. So seeing them jump into the mountain bike series is awesome. It's lightweight. It fits extremely well. It's very well articulated. The line is clean. The colors are awesome. And the price is competitive with everybody else. This is the kind of thing where you can tell they didn't just take a road line and make it into a mountain bike line. There was a lot of development that went into it. There was a lot of feedback that went into it from athletes who use this stuff aggressively every single day. So it, I can't say enough good things about it. The product is as good as it gets. The new short is really cool. Tons of great fit options, tons of sizes like any Velocio product. Um, the jerseys are probably my favorite thing at this point. They're very like very comfortable, form-fitting in the right places, but loose in the right places as well. And I, yeah, this is this is a thing that I think everybody needs to get on. If you're a mountain biker and you're looking for that mountain bike brand to attach yourself to, Velocio Mountain Bike is is the way to go. It's uh, it's really awesome. I I don't know how many times I can just say that it's awesome without you going out and trying it and listening to the fact that <laughs> I think it's awesome and I think the stuff is rad. So just trust me, go ride the bikes or go, go ride your bikes in the all new mountain bike category, whether it's the trail category, the ultralight, the access, any of those. Try some new Velocio mountain bike clothing today. You can go to Velocio.com dot, sorry, Velocio.cc. Not Velocio.com, Velocio.cc, and get everything you need. The off-road stuff is available all in its own little section, so you can make it super easy to pick and choose what it is that you would like. That trail access pant, man, I'm telling you, that pant, so rad. Men's and women's options, go get you one. And until next time, 
here is our episode with Jackie Peso. I hope that you enjoy it. Jackie, you kind of know the drill. Um, tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we can kind of take it from there. All right. I'm Jackie Peso. I'm a professional big mountain skier, and these days I live in Sweden. And nice. I'm a mom. How, how long <laughs> – and you're a mom. Um, how, how long have you been in Sweden, like full-time? Uh, I guess I've been residing here for about eight years. Um, I'm a yep. Swedish citizen now, so double Sick. double citizenship. So. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a while. How does how does the double citizenship thing work? I've never actually like had anyone explain this to me. Like, what is it? Is there a benefit to it? Is there not a benefit to it? I, I mean, it seems like you just get the best of both. Like, I know it's different all over the place. I think Norway was like five years or something like that in order to be able to gain or apply for citizenship and you have to learn how to speak the language and all that stuff. Is it the same kind of deal there? No, at the moment it's fairly like there's no language test, but they have been discussing it. So I don't know what'll happen with that. Um, it, oh, I can't remember. It's like five years or just a couple rain and I are married. So I actually don't remember what it was. It took, about four years from okay. when I applied to when I actually got the decision. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get to pay taxes in both countries, which I, <laughs> which I did before when I had my residency. So I can, I can vote nationally. <laughs> I guess that's okay. like, that's like, and I could vote locally at before. So there's like, yeah, there's some, benefits and ah, i don't yeah how's your how's your swedish it's it's okay um yeah yeah i'm i can speak and write sort of thanks to <laughs> <laughs> thanks to you know modern technology and read so yeah it's getting there um but it's not, I wouldn't say it's hundred percent fluid, but I, I understand most things and I can speak it. Awesome. Um, let me ask you about the new project that's coming out here. Hold my kid. That's like one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on and kind of chat about this. Cause I think it's, it's a really cool project. It's totally different than everything else that exists right now. So kind of tell me how the idea came about and why you guys felt like this was, this was a thing that should be made. Um, I think so Elise and I have always wanted to do a project together. We've done like avalanche clinics and stuff like that, but we've never actually done like a full film or even a ski segment together. So it was always on our list. And then when we both became pregnant right around the same time, we we're like, all right, this is like, we've now we've really got, <laughs> now we've really got to do something. Um, and I, I think, like, I know I personally, like, my previous movies have been so serious. And yeah. I, I just really wanted to do something different. And Elise and Cody, they're always, like, have little, like, goofy short films that they do. And when we were talking about it, we are just like, we want to show the realities. We want to show we can still do it. But we also want to have some fun with this. Yeah. What what was the best part about doing this project for you? I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. You have a one and a half year old in his first ski film already. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. We, we, I think the best thing is that we actually did it. Uh, <laughs> the, 
that we came through the other end we're still friends um i think i think that's because we it was i don't know what we were thinking <laughs> it's like yeah a massive task to like produce and then star in your own ski film and then you add in children crossing time zones all that other fun stuff it's yeah we're i can't believe we did it yeah <laughs> are you you're happy with the final product i am yeah um i i think i think it'll it'll be interesting to see like what odd like who who likes it because i know originally yeah. people are like oh you know this will be great for moms or families or stuff like that and we've had a few test showings and had like teenage boys are like oh like really liked it so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see like what yeah what everyone thinks about it and um both you know if skiers yeah. and non-skiers are interested but so so far we're we're really happy we're we're proud of what we put together sick yeah no i i think it'll be great i haven't seen the full thing yet obviously but like just the trailer looks awesome i think the concept is really cool what yeah, I mean, talk to me a little bit about what the concept was when you were rolling into this thing. I mean, I don't know if people kind of know the backstory, but what, why make a ski film? Hmm. Well, I mean, from the business side of things, we wanted to show our sponsors that were still relevant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we wanted to sh show that, like, you know, our careers don't necessarily need to stop. Um, so that was part of it um and i think we also wanted to like we're not the first moms yeah. that were professional skiers that continue their careers um but it's still like a, a fairly new thing um yeah there's not that many out there and you know especially for like elise and i like 10 years ago if you had asked us what might have been possible we you know we probably would have thought retirement was would have been the first thing that would happen yeah. Uh, when we had kids and i think we wanted to show like physically and mentally that you know it's still it's still possible to be in it um it looks different very different different even than we <laughs> could have ever anticipated um but it's possible what what's changed i mean obviously a lot has changed since having a kid but like what has changed not just with the film but like with your ski career in general like how you and Rain, how, how do you guys manage doing both, like being good parents and being professional athletes? Uh, training probably takes the biggest hit. Because uh, okay. it's just, it's time. Like, hopefully now that we finally have daycare, um, that will change things. But before it was like we trade off or some days when there's just so much going on, we we don't get out there which is unfortunate and i never thought that would be the reality you know you try training with a one-year-old kid um yeah. in the house and he's climbing on top of you he's <laughs> he, it's it's like you're it's helps it's a little bit of training but it's uh yeah it's just not the same so i think that just our time out in the mountains that is not as I mean, when we're both trying to get out there and do the same thing, it, it's hard. Like we have to balance, we have to juggle and 
either one person doesn't get to go out or both. I, I don't know. It's we're still figuring it out, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only one season, right? Like it's only been this this past season pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's awesome. But I mean, like it's it, it does. It changes so much. And I think anybody listening to this with kids that's had a one year old or has a one year old or a, a little one, it's it's got to be just so much on your plate all the time. So I, I think that's going to be one of the most relatable parts about the film for people. And I think just showing that you can still do it, even though it is really hard and it adds like a whole new layer to things. I I think that that part's really rad. Yeah, I think I like I haven't slept. Uh, I think it's at least two years now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to call one of my friends today because I was like, "When do they sleep? When when do you get to sleep again?" Uh, he's he's still waking up in the middle of the night from time to time, and yeah, and and then, I mean, uh, well, yeah. Okay, sorry that my mom brain kicking in because I haven't slept. Um, yeah, sorry, I just completely forgot what I was talking about. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just sleep and managing it. It's it's hard. Like, I mean, you got a, a one and a half year old, like, and you're trying to make a professional career work. So I guess my next question for you is what changed mentally for you, right? Like you're skiing big lines, you're skiing more often like you're starting to ski more often again what what changes for you in your head i guess when you're going out and you're doing these things like you're you're a competitive athlete right or you have been a competitive athlete for your whole career so like this is a this is a big switch i think there's like i thought that i once i became pregnant and once i had a kid that i was just going to want to relax a little bit um yeah and then i realized it wasn't Originally, like, that wasn't quite the case. Like, I still wanted to get out there. I still wanted to push myself. I still want to get out there and push myself. Um, but it'll be interesting. Like, I'm not sure how interested I am in, like, the big multi-day expeditions and stuff like that. Like, I'm I'm still trying to yeah. figure out. It's that, it's that time. Like, I like having some me time going out and doing my thing but then I also like to come back and see my little guy at the end of the day so I'm I'm trying to see like what my new career is supposed to look like and what I feel comfortable with um but I still uh I still want to get out there and push myself which I I want I kind of want that to end one day because I'm 40 and my body doesn't (laughs) like (laughs) bounce back the same way but I still like want to keep up with the teenagers and the 20 year olds um yeah I just want one day for my brain to be like it's okay it's okay that you're standing on the sidelines watching (laughs) it hasn't happened yet but I oh that day it'll be great (laughs) what is what do you do for a career when that day comes right like what do you want to do what do you want to explore like obviously this is a little premature of a question I think because you're still enjoying it but like what what does that look like yeah that's the that's the billion dollar question I (laughs) I don't know I mean I'm here I'm in a foreign country I never imagined that I would be living in Sweden um 
I have no, I don't, I, I guess I don't have that five year plan. Like some people talk about, I really, yeah. um, I have ideas and I have things that I have. Yeah. That's a tough, I, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. It's hard. I, I don't know what people do post ski career, you know, like it seems like there's a few avenues that you could go. There's like the commentating at events, like that aspect of it, like for you, like being involved with the tour again, like if that's what you want to do. Like, it, I don't know what those options even are, you know, or you just get out of the industry entirely. And that's, <laughs> that's a thing that I think people don't always like admit to themselves, but I mean, shit, like when I'm done doing this kind of thing, I, I don't want to be involved in the industry anymore. Like, I don't want to do this forever. I think I would like to just do something else and like work some other part of my brain at some point in my career, you know, like, so I always wonder if that, if that thought kind of crosses your mind, like, do I want to keep being involved with the same old thing forever or do, do I switch it up? Yeah, I go, I go back and forth because there's a part like this is what I know this is what I've been doing and so I'm sure I could figure something out within the industry um at yeah. the same time like I think the most important thing is that it's interesting and, and a bit of a challenge yeah. like I just I of course like I'll do what I have to do if I if it comes to that to to survive to provide for my family and stuff like that but um ideally I'm doing something that's interesting and that's challenging and that is like mm. a just a, a different version of what skiing was for me. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean to ask any of these questions. Like I, <laughs> I don't think your career ends at 40. You know what I mean? Like, I think your career ends when you want it to end. And there's so many different avenues you can take. Like you look at Mike Douglas and the way that he's like, he's a professional skier through and through mm -hmm. and he always will be, but like he's figured out so many different ways to like keep himself in the game at however old he is now. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's cool to see because I think 15 years ago, if you looked at somebody who was 35, you'd be like, all right, they're on their way out, you know? And I, I just don't think that that's the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm 41 going on 42. So I remember somebody telling me like some years back, like, oh, like, you know, no one's still doing it professionally when they're their thirties. And then there's this group of people that have continued throughout their thirties and now they're all 40 and they're just like, it's you, you find ways to kind of adapt and you become, I mean, it's not like once I turn 40, there aren't a bunch of other people that are 40 and are interested. Like there's, <laughs> there's 40 year olds are still out there and they're not going to relate to the 20 year olds. Like I, you know, yeah. in the same way. So um i think there's you just have to be a little creative um and i i i'm not sure what it looks like everyone keeps telling me you know when it's time like something will kind of fall into your lap i hope they're true i don't really think that's the, <laughs> the best way to look at it and i don't necessarily trust it so i'd i'd like to kind of have a more solid backup plan um yeah but i'm currently just kind of trying to also stay in the moment with what I'm doing currently. So it's hard to focus on being a professional skier now being a mom yeah. and then think, okay, and then what happens next? Like, so I hope I transition yeah. smoothly and, but yeah, um, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I have no 
doubt that you will. It does seem like stuff just kind of starts to come up out of nowhere. And then, mm. like, there's this new opportunity. And like, I think that's what this industry is made out of. Like, I think if you polled the majority of the industry that are working, you know, in media or in professional skiing or whatever, like, they would have never guessed that they'd be in the position that they're in. Yeah. Just kind of how it goes. How... What did conversations look like with your sponsors when you were like, okay, like I'm going to have a kid, like I still want to do projects. I still want to be a professional athlete. like, I assume most of them were very supportive of this, but what, what does that actually look like when it's, when you're having those conversations behind closed doors? Um, yeah, they were all, they're really supportive. I mean, I was worried. I knew that, you know, it was possible and that, you know, other people that continue their contracts. But when I was renewing my contract, I was pregnant. So I had a, a season coming up that was kind of like, mm, there wasn't going to be that much. I'm telling I'm thinking in my head, like I'm going to get back on snow a month after yeah. having a kid. Um, but I had no idea. And some of my sponsors didn't have kids either. So they didn't really know what that was going to be like, but I'd say they were all supportive. They, tied me on for another couple of years moving forward and um yeah i'm really i was fortunate and it just kind of seemed like it wasn't it wasn't a problem it was just like okay yeah we'll we'll figure, we'll see how this looks we'll move forward and um yeah but it wasn't like oh okay well what what are you gonna do it was just yeah great congratulations <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome i mean yeah. that's that's kind of how it should be yeah what so this is kind of always a thing that comes up in skiing because in skiing, the norm, it feels like the contracts are all one year, two year, sometimes three year, but like there's not very many long-term deals that people sign. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? And I think it goes both ways, you know, because it gives you a little more flexibility, but it also gives you less stability and less like you can't just like, be sure that that brand is always going to be there, right? Like you've changed sponsors in your career and it, 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 it's just a different thing. And I don't think it doesn't work the same for everybody, but if you look at other professional sports, it's like, yeah, you're signing longer term deals a lot of times, like where, you know, like this is where I'm probably, unless something drastic changes, like this is where I'm probably going to end up being. So good thing or bad thing in your eyes, like in terms of like length of contract as a professional skier, Oh, I, I mean, I think, I think it would be great if they were longer in general. I think it also depends. Like, you know, sometimes when you're no negotiating those contracts and you don't get it quite up to the amount that you want and you think like, okay, well, yeah. if I step it up or perform more, maybe the next time I can renegotiate it. So in that sense, it's good. You're not just locked yeah. in, but the security of having a good contract for a long term would, yeah, that would be amazing because it's like you always like the anxieties come up every year it's like no matter how well you performed because you hear yeah. stories of people having just the best seasons ever and then for whatever reason they don't get resigned right. so um i think to just like be able to remove those insecurities out of yeah. the way when you're thinking about your career that would be really nice <laughs> yeah no, I think it should happen more. Like, I think it's it's really hard to live a stable life, especially for, like, you're established. Like, you've been in this for a long time. Like, people know you. Brands know that they can rely on you. 
But I think when people are first starting their pro careers, it's like you have no idea if you're going to be able to pay your bills the next year, you know, like and and that's a really tough thing. And that and that goes for a lot of things, I guess, outside of skiing, too, when you talk about contracts and trying to figure out how things are going to go in the beginning. But I, I feel like it's sometimes a deterrent to people that are hoping to make this thing their whole career. They just it's so like you said, it's it's very anxiety inducing for a lot of people because you're you're focused on the task which is like being the best skier you can possibly be and like creating value and creating an audience but now you have to do this whole other thing which is the business aspect of it that some people really just hate doing yeah i mean it's it's exhausting and it's or it can be exhausting um i think it's not, it's not for everyone. And I, I'm like, by far, I'm not, my business sense is not that great. I, <laughs> I should be, a, I should be a better negotiator. Like I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm where I am, but it took a lot of sacrifices and it took, you know, years trying to get to that point. Um, and yeah. it's not easy. And I know that like for some people that can be just really challenging because you'll see maybe some people that kind of like, they get their big break right off the bat and they get to skip all those challenging years. But for other people, you just, you keep working and over time you develop relationships and you prove that you're interested and that you've committed to, to doing this. And, and I think that pays off, not always, but it it can pay off. Um, But it's, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's tough. It's not, it's not a, there's not a whole lot of job security when you're thinking about just a couple of year contracts and, and constantly yeah. needing to renegotiate. It's not, it's not the simplest thing. And, uh, when you have a, when you're, when you're in our situation with a kid, it's, it's even, it's <laughs> even more challenging because before it's just like, Oh, I got to take care of myself. And now, now there's some, other now there's a human being another human being that we're responsible for so uh, one of us should have been like a doctor or a lawyer or something that's just <laughs> so there's, like still always, there's still time there's still time Rain is you know working on becoming a full-time politician so we'll see how that pays off is he actually oh yeah he is a he he is a politician no way what how how did that happen he uh yeah, we, we took on like becoming adults. We we just like dove headfirst. Um, <laughs> I so Raina uh, at the last elections, like local elections, historically got the most personal votes of anyone ever. <laughs> <laughs> and we, it was just kind of one of those things like he spent all this time on Facebook and social media with those issues that he was bothered by. And I was like, you know what, if you're just like, just go do something about it. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and so he got into it and it went a lot better than he thought than he ever could imagine. So he actually had to like yeah. kind of say no to like what the positions he could have done. Cause he was like, wait, I'm, I'm still a professional skier. Yeah. I've got this other thing. <laughs> I have a kid coming. Um, so it's yeah it'll be interesting what happens in like the next year or so if he takes on even more responsibility but um yeah what is the what does the political landscape look like in sweden versus in the us 
Um, you have multiple parties. I think there's like seven, okay. or you can even have like local parties. And basically, okay. depending on how what percentage each party gets in support, uh, they can team up to create okay. the majority. Uh, so Raina's party, it's more of a, a local. They they don't work nationally, but they work within the I guess it would be like the state. Uh, yeah. so his is teamed up with the, it's, his is the second strongest in this area and it's teamed up with the strongest. So they're, they are the majority, I guess. That's how it works. Something. Awesome. And that's really cool. Yeah. So it's, so it's interesting. So if, if, if his party was the strongest, he technically could have been the mayor of Aura. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. I had no idea that this was a thing that he was involved in at all. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's. Uh, I think he made Henrik Winstead a little jealous because he beat Henrik out. <laughs> Did he actually? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that this was a thing that was happening. Yeah, yeah. We that's we don't head first in becoming adults. <laughs> oh, that's so rad. That's uh, yeah, good for him. It's funny that like you look at his like you go on his Instagram, you look at it, and you're like, you would never think like that. This is somebody who like care so deeply about like all of these issues yeah it's it's i mean a lot like uh because we live in a tourist area and ski town and stuff like that so a lot of the issues are development and then also like keeping mountains like accessible to to everyone so i think those are his like big big areas and yeah yeah um (laughs) that's awesome what for you kind of back to the sponsor thing a little bit you look at the competitive career you look at just the sponsored athlete film career what do you think brings the most value to sponsors for somebody listening because i feel like there's a lot of people that are like right on the cusp of making this their full-time career and kind of trying to figure out what the next step is so that you know they don't have to work a you know, wait tables at night to like pay for this gig or like figure out a way to make this like their full commitment all the time. So in your mind, value to sponsors, what, what did that look like throughout your career? What have you learned to this point? I think it depends on where you live. Uh, so like I've been fortunate, like I, and part of the reason why I stuck with competition for so long was I, once I met Raina and started spending most of my time in Europe, I kind of went, was kind of both European and North American, but almost more considered European athlete. And over in Europe, the competition, at least in the free ride side, is it's it's pretty big. I'd say it's bigger than it is in the states. Um, yeah. So that was to my advantage. Whereas being a film skier, and I don't I don't know where it is these days, but that was bigger in the states. And and so I think companies are kind of always changing their their marketing. I like you know, plans and stuff like that and what they're looking for. Um, so it's, so it's kind of tricky to navigate, but I suppose finding something like if you're not winning and staying at the top of podiums, you have to find something else that makes you interesting to, to sponsors and to, to people out there. And I mean, these days it doesn't necessarily mean being the best skier. It's just like having a good story, being good ambassador for the sport and finding creative ways to to show it and share stories but um i think it yeah it depends a lot of like where where you're based out of um yeah 
Yeah, I think like film skiing seems like it's slowed down a little bit. Like it doesn't seem, I don't know if it's not as lucrative, but it seems like people care a little bit less about it. I think there's still obviously your big productions that are like, you know, big honor to get in Warren Miller or even an MSP film or Teton or any of these things. But it seems like that's changing where if you're an established athlete and like you can do a solo project, you can do a project that works out really well and kind of commit to this whole, like, I mean, you got good examples Mm -hmm. in what you're doing right now and what Cody's doing and what Nikolai's doing and and all this stuff. And that seems like it's a totally new way for athletes to kind of tell their story and, and talk about things and not be reliant on some other production, not be reliant on just a, a competition or a podium. Yeah, I, and and I think because it's like if I was a sponsor, I'd look at it as like okay, it's great. It it's so much easier to show up and like be a film athlete or be a competitive athlete. Yeah. You show up, you do your thing. Hopefully, you perform well. But if you're trying to like produce, create your own thing, that's a lot more work. But then it also shows your sponsors and other companies that you're willing to put the work in, that you're creative, and that you're not just relying on things falling in your lap that you can make things yeah. happen. And I think that's probably the the biggest thing is like, what, what can you make? How, like, you can't just always expect that things are going to fall in your lap. You have to be creative. You have to follow through with things. You have to turn ideas into to realities. And it's a lot yeah. of work. It's exhausting. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's really, it's really great. And to, to like, you know, that, I mean, if it was easy, it wouldn't be as rewarding. It could yeah. maybe be a little bit easier. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you want it to be harder? Like, um, yeah. No, no, I don't want it to be harder. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but there is something about, you know, there is something about it, like having to work for it. Like it, you just, it's then yeah. just having it given to you something yeah. makes it that much more rewarding uh yeah but it's nice to have things given to you every once in a while too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you take uh, take what you can get like yeah. that's the that's always kind of the key but if you can make something for yourself and and make that happen and like doing it i think that's yeah. always the key too is like you can go out and do that and if it's not what you're into then it's not what you're into yeah i mean you have to be okay with making sacrifices to get there that that's like yeah not everyone gets the big check right off the bat and especially in our industry our industry is so so small compared to you know like sports like yeah. you're talking about you send like 10 year multi-million dollar contracts and stuff like that yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's not that's that not gonna exist. happen no so yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you have to love it you have to enjoy it. it has to be willing you have to be willing to like sacrifice certain things to get there otherwise uh, it's you're gonna be miserable and you might not get to wherever you're trying to get to yeah yeah it can definitely be discouraging like i mean there's just so much and uh, sponsors change so much and the way that like you said their marketing plans change so rapidly and one year they decide that they're going full competition athlete one year they decide they're going full influencer and it just it, it it's a difficult thing mm-hmm. like and and it's not in your control which is what sucks and then you get like the we don't have budget this year line and it's like it's a really hard thing to understand from the outside looking in, especially when you talk about athletes that have been with a brand for a long time. It's like you've committed for a long period of time. 
and then you're gonna like hang somebody out to dry because you decided that like going with an influencer is the best option right now like that's a it's a really weird thing and we're in at a we're in a very odd time when it comes to like making media making product that people watch and consume it's a very it's a very odd time yeah i don't think i don't think really anyone understands like what is the best approach and people are just kind of like grasping at straws trying to figure out like oh is this going to work is that going to work and they go they go back and forth all the time and uh yeah it's, i mean i don't fully understand it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that, I'm, me neither i don't understand it at all so that's uh it is what it is what this this is the last thing i'll ask you and then i'll let you get out of here um skiing with a one-year-old skiing with an infant things you've learned, things that like best practices that you've figured out. That's, I mean, it's young to have a kid on snow. So, but people want to do it and people want to keep skiing and they want to explore. Do you have things that you've figured out along the way that you were like, this is actually really helpful. This is what I need to do to make things work. Or is it just like fly by the seat of your pants? <laughs> for for like me personally being on snow or? Could... For you and Tor and like figuring out a way to like ski with your little one i mean he hasn't really had this 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 winter will be like his first time really his first on real, yeah, snow yeah. he was on snow in alaska just briefly but he only started walking like a month or so before yeah. um so <laughs> yeah i'm still yeah i don't know i'm still trying to figure that one out i mean we 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 had we were fortunate enough to when we traveled travel to locations where there was like daycare where you could hire daycare um yeah. and we we're fortunate to have like some support we, we got a grant from this um uh, foundation and mother that supports yep. female athletes so like that was part of the reason that made it possible um yeah so, I mean, if you're going with a younger kid, trying to find areas where, yeah, where you can have that support, if you don't have the the means to have your own personal nanny or you don't have a yeah. family member that can join with you. Um, and I don't know, just like keep it simple. Like you can get out there, but you don't necessarily have to, like I don't recommend changing time zones with a young child ever. Really? It's a nightmare. How do you tell a one-year-old <laughs> that, it's like that you have to go to bed six hours, yeah. eight hours earlier than normal. <laughs> and then, and, yeah. and that at like one o'clock in the morning, you know, it's not time to get up and play for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Flying with a one-year-old seems crazy. Like that alone seems like a, a super tall task. Yeah. It's not fun. It like, <laughs> I, I flew solo with him a couple of times from Europe to the U S and it is, awful like there's nothing there's nothing good i can say about it like other than the fact that you, you get to the location but there's like like just keep it simple like you can get outdoors like hopefully if you don't live in the mountains hopefully it's not that long of a drive yeah. but just i think take your time don't put any crazy like expectations of what things are going to look like and just try and enjoy it um i mean yeah. don't do what we did this past winter <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, is is not advisable. <laughs> but yeah, go out into the mountains with your kids. Yes, do it. Bring snacks. Bring lots of clothes. Bring you know diapers, yeah. bags, trash bags for your dirty diapers, like stuff like that. Like, 
bring it all, but don't avoid it. Just do it. And your kid's hopefully going to love it and get more used to it. Our kid cries now. Like if you put his, his rain suit on, he's like banging on the door to go outside because uh, <laughs> he wants to go outside. And I don't know if that's just like how he was going to be or the fact that like we try to get him out and like make him comfortable yeah. with all these different situations. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. I th- there's something super valuable about getting little kids just outside and you can see it like immediately. I think for a lot of people that the second they start to get these outside experiences, it's like all they want to do is go outside. It's like my, my girlfriend's sister has like a, a one-year-old or a one and a half year old, same deal. And like goes to the park for the first time, goes and like plays with animals, like at the zoo and like even stuff as simple as that. Every time I'm at their house, he's like banging on the slider door to go outside. Like it's the same exact thing. He's like begging to go outside. And you're like, what do you want? And he's like, just wants to go sit in the grass. It's hilarious. Like that's all, that's all I can think about. But on the flip side, she was like flying. They just flew with him like for the first time recently. And they were like, it was a fucking nightmare. Like it's not, it's not, I did not like, it's tough. I, I, I can't. And you got everybody on the plane that's probably annoyed at you that you're like, you have a crying baby and you're just like, I'm so like, I can't, what do you want me to do? Uh, yeah, it's, I, I, we've been fortunate that he hasn't had like major, major outbursts on the plane yet. But yeah. like, I don't know when you're solo and you've got a little kid, like, how do you go to the bathroom? Yeah. You, I, like, I have no idea. You, you like you have like you stick him on your body and you like, sit in the tiny yeah. little airplane toilet with him and your baby born and 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 hope they just gotta go pee. Like it's like it's really hard. Or like even now when he started standing and walking, it's like oh that's great. You can stand in there. No, he doesn't want to stand in the bathroom. He wants to sit in the ground. Yeah. He wants to touch the floor. Or yeah. you know like. Yeah, airport yeah. or airplane bathrooms they're disgusting so it's like nothing yeah. it's like you can't eat because he's like we're cheap we i've been sitting yeah. him in my lap until he turns two so yeah like where do you put your food tray because he's just gonna knock it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he stole the neighbor's bananas he stole both bananas <laughs> like the second and fortunately the guy was really nice and he's like he, he can have the bananas but it's like my child just like stole the bananas the second he got in the seat yeah (laughs) so yeah it's it's like just stick to your car or your stroller like close controlled controlled environment like it's not for the kid because the kid doesn't really care it's for yours and your partner's sanity yeah yeah i'm sure i props to you for doing it i mean for trap like that's it's crazy to me and I don't know how you make it work, but you're making it work. And, and I think it's really, it's rad. <laughs> Even if Thanks. you're tired all the time, you're making it work. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Trying my hardest. Awesome. Um, where, where can people find the film when it comes out? When does it come out? Kind of give me some details on that. Those are all great questions that I do not have the answer to yet. Uh, <laughs> We're working on that. Uh, it will be online eventually. Okay. I don't know yet. Um, we have a website. I'm not sure if it's live yet. Hereholdmykid.com, I believe. Don't judge us. It doesn't look that great right now if it is live. We're working on it. It's a work in progress. Working on it. <laughs> but if you follow either myself or Elise Sogstead or Cody Townsend or Reina, Leanne, like you'll 
find out about the movie going out, but hopefully sometime I'd say late fall, uh, okay. late fall, early winter. It should be online. Sick. And I can, I'll, awesome. I'll follow up with you. I'll let you know. Yeah, please do. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll put everything out once it, once it's ready to go. I'm, I'm psyched. I know people are psyched to see it. It's like, it's really cool to see something different like this. And I think that's, that's the kind of stuff that people are really getting hyped on now. So I think it'll do great. Thank you. We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, of course.